When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is a Dude Studios production. And hey, I'm the Dude. Hey, bartender. Welcome back to Hey Bartender Podcast. I am your bartender for the evening. I am the dude, so that's what you call me. Or you can call me Anthony if you're uh, a little bit more formal like most people. Uh, so, you know, this is a brand new episode of the last episode. No, no, this is the last Saturday episode of this year. And I managed to bring in a special guest. His name is Armin Basha. He comes from Croatia. And... You know, I'm going to admit something to you guys right up front. I kind of screwed up this podcast a little bit because as we were recording it, the waveform on my computer looked a little bit weird. So I went back and list, uh, you know, told him to hang on a second. We had already been recording for about an hour and uh, I started listening to it and everything was distorted. It sounded terrible, which forced me unprofessionally to say, you got time to do another one? And yet, but uh, Armin Basha was completely cool about it. He said, yeah, yeah, sure, let, let's do it again. And uh, it, tur- it actually turns out really well. Armin Basha is uh, from Croatia and is a fast food worker that also uh, is using fast food, uh, his fat work in fast food uh, to fund his music career. So a little bit later on, we're going to be hearing a song from his album resume called Blueberry. But first... As usual, we got to start with the drink special of the day. Today's drink special comes from the Tipsy Bartender. Uh, a lot of you people probably know about the Tipsy Bartender. He is awesome at when it comes to teaching how to make drinks and presentation. And I, I love watching his videos. And this uh, drink is one of those drinks that's going to probably mess you up a little bit if you have too many of them because it probably goes down pretty easy. This one's called the Tokyo Ice Tea. He says, the Tokyo Iced Tea is another one of those incredible twists on the classic Long Island Iced Tea. The ingredients are as follows. One ounce vodka, one ounce rum, one ounce tequila, one ounce gin, one ounce triple sec, uh, fill with 7-Up and sweet and sour, and add a float of melon liqueur. Now, uh, the directions on how to do this is just build it all into a pounder glass. Garnish with a cherry... Maybe throw in a couple lemon slices inside with the ice before you start pouring the drink. Adds a lot to the presentation. So go out and try the Tokyo Iced Tea. Let me know what you think of it. Uh, You can always contact me, dude, at heybartenderpodcast.com. Or you can find me on social media, uh, on Facebook and Instagram, both Hey Bartender Podcast. So not to run away from my mistakes, I just tell you guys right up front that this is actually take two with uh, Armin Basha. So sit back, relax, hope you enjoy the show. Yeah, that was a real bummer. So uh, uh, 
like to tell my uh, podcasters that this is actually take two because I found out there was a little bit of a problem with the recording. Uh, but uh, luckily, uh, Armin is still here and he's willing to try this again with me. So uh, let's tr- uh, start from the beginning as if it never happened. Armin, welcome to the show. Thanks. A great to having me here. Anthony, that's right. That's right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Hang cool. on. Uh, welcome to the show. Uh, your uh, tell us. Why don't you take a minute? Tell us a little bit about yourself. I my name is Armin Basha. I am a musician for over ten years now, as well as I play guitar for over ten years now. Uh, I am a producer, also producing some stuff myself and uh, doing some services for other people now and then, and. Uh, I'm living now in Zagreb because I think a bigger city is a bigger opportunity for music. Um, is that a big, uh, well, you're from Croatia. And yeah. so uh, the city that you just mentioned, what was that again? Zagreb. Yeah. Is that like uh, the music central for Croatia? Like uh, around here, like Seattle, Los Angeles, New York? You know, uh, right now I can tell that it is, but some uh, 20 years ago, it was Rijeka. Everything happened in Rijeka. There was a huge rock scene there. And it's remembered for the city of rock. Uh, Some people called it, I believe, the creation Seattle or something like that. Oh, okay. Uh, Yeah, yeah. but uh, as time went on uh, and passed by, uh, it just, I don't know, there are still awesome musicians there and bands, but but I have the feel they are they are only promoting uh, metal music and punk music, and uh, I I just went to Zagreb to find much more genres as I make uh, as I make many many styles and music, you know. Sure. So you told me in a uh, well. In the previous version of this podcast, yeah. I'm, I'm going to make jokes about that because I don't mind telling my uh, telling my listeners you know, about my mistakes and stuff like that. Yeah, but yeah, 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 yeah. In the previous version of this podcast, um, <laughs> you told me that you uh, you uh, pay your bills by working at KFC so you can support your music. That's right. Yeah, that, that's my day job, uh, and it's pretty pretty much draining it, it, it it's exhausting uh, for my creativity and uh, workflow and my music you know uh, I, I work there because I have to pay for my rent and food and some things like that because I haven't uh, settled yet with the music business uh, because uh, I'm still learning the new opportunities and tactics uh, on stuff like marketing and uh, I'm new to Spotify and stuff like that. And there are no gigs right now because of the COVID situation. And yeah, yeah. So uh, how is the COVID situation in Croatia right now? Is everybody staying safe? Or are you back in quarantine or? Yeah, we, we, we are back uh, uh, in a kind of lockdown right now, but it's not as huge as the first lockdown in March where they closed down uh everything for two weeks, like uh, public transportation, clubs, uh, everything, everything. Uh, now now they're just closed the clubs, which is lame, but the buses 
and uh, some restaurants make deliveries, so it's pretty much fi fine, but it still sucks because there are no uh, gigs to go on or uh, stuff like that. And, uh, you know, I, I hope that they're going to release the measures as fast as possible. Of course. Um, it sounds like in Croatia, uh, it's exactly the same of what's going on out here in America, just because a lot of the bars either are closed or they have limited seating. Uh, clubs are closed. For some reason, they feel necessary uh, feel it necessary to keep the gyms open. I just, yeah. I flat out don't understand that. But uh, it sounds uh, like exactly what's going on out here because we can't, uh, we there, we can't all go out and do exactly what we want just because we have to wear a mask or we're trying to limit the contact between other people. In Croatia, the gyms are also... No, no, the, in Croatia, the gyms are closed. But, uh, you know, the churches are open and many people joke about, let's move our gym equipment in, in the church. <laughs> and I think, I think somebody actually made that and ended up in the newspaper, like... Uh, you know, the churches are open, I'm going to work out at the church. And it was pronounced <laughs> as candle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, well, uh, okay. <laughs> um, that, crazy, crazy. Yeah, it definitely is. So working, uh, you said that yourself that the working at KFC can drain you. I mean, you're working around uh, deep fryers. You're working around uh, very, very hot, uh, equipment in order to yeah. make food. Uh, do you find it hard while working around that type of stuff to find inspiration for, uh, or do you actually find inspiration in while you're working? And because I asked you before, uh, when you, uh, do you find yourself, you're sitting there, you're separating the chicken and all of a sudden you get this great idea for a riff or lyric or a beat or something like that. Do you, you know, try to keep it in your head the whole time until you're able to get home and actually write it down or whatever. Uh, does that ever come up? Yes, yes, it does. Uh, but mostly angry stuff. I, I, I recorded a uh, hardcore punk EP and only was more in, inspired by the work, the work at KFC because it can be sometimes so hard and there are so many people passing by and you just look at them and they stare at you and I don't know their energy. No, not everybody is kind, you know, and their energy just uh, goes on to you and yeah, mostly the angry stuff. Uh, but also some nice melodies, you know, like uh, I work now at uh, the second restaurant in my career, so-called, the, the first one was uh, was more more awful because uh, they played this radio station where 10 pop songs went on on repeat and you just went nuts and and you had no other choice than uh, just survive through that and finding some kind of beauty in it and uh, i i believe that affected also my uh, uh producing taste and things like that because those tracks are awesomely produced. They are like uh, huge, huge, hugely produced. But uh, but yeah, when something nice comes up to my head, I usually try to uh, hold it 
and when I come home, I try to recreate it. And uh, yeah, yeah, but uh, uh, it's it's not that easy because it really drains you out, you know. And when and as I was uh, off now for two weeks because I actually catched COVID, it was. Uh, Nice experience to myself, to be honest. I had two weeks just for me and my guitar playing and developing my creativity again. And uh, I played every day the guitar for like five hours, practicing my skill. And, uh, you know, it, it, it was pretty nice that period. But as, but as I'm now back to work, everything just fades out. Kind sure. Of way. <laughs> yeah. Well, um uh, as I've I've said multiple times, I've talked to a uh, a various amount of people who have had other aspirations for their lives, whether they wanted to be an actress or they wanted to play music, or uh, uh, in some cases, some people were using uh, working as a uh, working in the service industry as a way to have the time to go to school and get their like realtor's license or something like that. Does working uh, does your job allow you uh, the time to like if well not right now for the last year since everybody has COVID but or not everybody has COVID you know what I mean but uh, it's uh, does it allow you a chance to like if all of a sudden somebody comes up and uh, says we want you to play here on this date uh, is it fairly easy to walk over to your boss and say hey listen I got a show on this date I need the day off it actually is because uh, you can plan the schedule uh, every week. I mean, they, they play this. They, they plan the schedule, and you can come to them like for kind of wishes how to organize this schedule. And uh, I, I did uh, two gigs before the COVID, as I worked at KFC, and they they gave me every time that night off or the other day, and that that day where I was supposed to play, I was in the morning. So that's pretty much easy because it's flexible, yeah. I, I think I, I have a plus uh, by working there for that. When it comes to uh, your music playing, uh, like you just yeah. said, you'll, uh, you'll be at work and uh, you'll be listening to the same 10 songs, which everybody in the service industry, I don't care where you work, if they have music playing in the background, you're going to uh, get sick of a certain song from time to time. Like I remember uh, when I was working as a bartender, uh, everybody would walk over to the jukebox. It seemed like every 20 minutes to a half hour, I'd have to listen to Leonard Skinner's Freebird, And I used to love that song, but <laughs> now, now I'm kind of like, okay, let's go move on to something else. But uh, after you've uh, received uh, inspiration for whatever do you either try to record it on your phone or as soon as you get off work you burst into your apartment or house quickly sit at the computer grab your guitar and get it down as soon as possible it's, it's a rare thing to experience that because i feel really tired especially at the afternoon shifts which are to like 1 a.m. or something, and I'm home like at 2 a.m., and I just lay in my bed, relaxing my muscles, and uh, there is a strong urge to create something, but my body 
uh, doesn't let me in a kind of way, but uh, there are times where I just uh, take my guitar or open my laptop uh, and, uh, you know, make make some sketches or record something on my phone, melodies, and I keep them for later times. I think that's a healthy way to make the workflow process going. Sure. So take us through, uh, like, it's uh, you didn't have to work that day. It's your day off, and you want to write. Uh, take us through how, uh, how you come up with something. Now, you just mentioned that you have, like, something like a bank on your computer of – uh, stuff that you might have thought of that you were too tired to work on at that point. Do you start sifting through all of that and uh, try to work with that? Yeah, sure. Uh, I revisit <coughs> my old projects and uh, just uh, think of what I can put like in this part or in this part. I usually record some uh, melodies, some core melodies, to have my uh, bass for uh, SA song. But uh, when I'm doing something from scratch, I uh, usually take my acoustic guitar, uh, go through some progressions, and when something, when I get something, I just uh, make it, make a loop of it and just start writing some lyrics. But in the last three years, I just went full on automatic writing because uh, I, I lost kind of the ability to write uh, songs. I don't know, just, I, I, I didn't, uh, there was a period of time where I didn't uh, make lyrics at all, so I think that affected that. And uh, yeah, so when I got a rough demo, I just uh, work on to build it up to until I'm satisfied and until I can call it a song. Now, when it comes to playing around your area, do you go out on foot or do you make phone calls uh, and ask uh, ask people, can I play at your uh, your club or bar or whatever? Yeah, it depends on the day. But uh, at first, uh, we were just uh, submitting with my first band in Rijeka. We were just sub- submitting for a few festivals and we played this one legendary festival in Rijeka called R.I. Rock. It's like 40 years old. And uh, we experienced the first time like uh, being on stage and have an audience. And, uh, you know, after that point, uh, we just went on random and uh, they, they just called us to make some gigs. Uh, and after... Two years or so, uh, we were just walking into random bars or clubs asking for opportunity to gig. And, uh, you know, like three of ten bars accepted us. Other were, were like, uh, we don't like that kind of music or it's too hard for our taste or it might scare people off, you know, uh, so yeah, and in the third phase, the last phase, uh, before I moved here, we got actually a manager who was a friend of ours, and he was not really a manager, but uh, we just told him to, you know, could you try to 
make a few phone calls. He here is a list of uh, numbers. So if you could just take like half an hour and just go through these numbers and ask if we could play, that would be awesome. And you know, he he did that and he got us pretty much gigs and. It, it was nice because uh, they paid for our f- for for our fuel, even uh, gave us something to drink, eat, and some of them even paid us some money. <laughs> sure. Well, that's got to be a good feeling because, uh, like you said, to make ends meet, you work at your KFC job, and then you go out and play music, the thing that you really love to do, and then you get a couple extra bucks that maybe you can spend on new equipment or guitar strings or a new microphone or something like that. That's got to be a good feeling. It's a great feeling because, you know, you achieved something with your talent and you achieved something uh, with a thing that defines you as a person, you know, and uh, even all through it wasn't a big... uh, uh, it it wasn't that much much money, but you know it's like the money. It just felt good because that that's money you earned with your music, you know, and that's money you earn with your existence as a worker, and which you can invest back in yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Okay, so now here's something that I didn't ask before: uh, the relationship between when you're going in with your with your band and the location that you're at. You just mentioned that sometimes they'll uh, give you money uh, to get out there for fuel. You'll get a meal out of it, drinks. Uh, Does that happen often? Do do you develop a relationship with the venue? And, uh, uh, you know, what what normally happens? Uh, The case in Arieka is that... that, uh me personally played uh, almost every place there some places a few times so you develop a kind of relationship with the owner or or whoever and uh, yeah i mean that's a classic they give you drinks i mean that that that's kind of a must because you know it's polite (laughs) yeah and and uh yeah but uh, at, at that one place in rieka which is legendary it's called palach uh, by the young man john palach who burned himself down in prague uh, that that's a pretty legendary place because uh, it's it was open like for at least 40 years and always all the bands gigged there so that there is a, always a fine vibe and and the hosts are very they, they they treat you properly with the drinks with the respect you know it, it's nice yeah i've uh i've played a few gigs and they you, uh basically uh, uh for payment was a couple free drink uh free drink tickets and then that was it but yeah. uh uh it's uh, you know it felt like more being respectful and it's like you're taking the time to bring customers in to see us, uh to see you which which makes them want to spend money uh, and that helps us, so it's kind of beneficial for both parties. Yeah, yeah, that, that's how it works. And uh, there are some people that uh, they pretend they don't see that. So you know, 
they they have this attitude like uh, i don't know what you mean uh, people are coming uh, every time in our bar and spending money uh, and there are people who are like wow yeah you you managed to bring 50 people and we're going to we we gonna give you something in return. Sure, easily said. Sure. Uh, do you uh, when you go out and play shows? Do you uh, tell all your friends, your coworkers, is that we're gonna be playing here at this time? Please come. Yeah, and we tell our friends that they tell their friends to invite them, and you know, at the end of the day, uh, a bunch of people show up and. Uh, some of them you know, some of them you not, and these new people usually became your new f- become your new fans. So it's nice, you know. And when you gig like for two years, you see the numbers increase uh, of people showing up at your gigs, and uh, you know, if people just start to sing your songs, and that that's a pretty nice feeling. Oh yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. sure it is. So. Like we were talking about before, like I, I'm sorry, people. This uh, this is take two, but uh, um, like we were talking about before, uh, you we uh, we talked about how do you when you pick out a venue to play at? I'm sure they're you're being as choosy about where you play as much as they're choosy about you playing there. It's like I told you that story. How I all I wanted to do was just go in with my acoustic guitar told them I just wanted to play for maybe an hour. And then they ask me, what songs do you play? And I tell them, uh, well, I know a lot of Beatles songs, Oasis, uh, and then start naming off all these cover songs that I planned on playing. And then I made the one mistake in not mentioning one country music uh, star. And they said, well, we like preferred to keep country music in here. So I'm sorry, we don't, we don't want your music here. Uh, is that pretty much happened to you? Yeah, of course. Uh, here are clubs. Here exist. Here exist clubs, who, uh, you know, you, you just you just want to play. You you want to promote your stuff, and uh, they say like, okay, that's great. I really like your music, but that's not how it works because you know the people. Uh, you you will turn off the people because they don't know any songs. So I, I prefer if you could uh, maybe uh, throw in some covers, you know, some creation covers from, I don't know, some old bands. And you're just, you, you just talk to yourself, feel like, oh man, I don't usually do that, but I don't know. Or, and then either you play what they want with some of your songs or you don't play at all, you know, and, uh, but I definitely think there is a healthy balance between covers and, uh, your original stuff. Like, I don't know, you play two songs that everybody knows and then you play two of your songs and then again, two covers. And if you mix them like, uh, with the same vibe, you know, people won't notice that the second two songs were yours. So, you know, the, after the show, they come to you and they ask you, you know, whose song was that? And you're like, that's our song. Oh, yeah. 
uh, it sounded pretty nice, you know, and and then they they be, become curious about music and they can ev- even eventually turn into a fan. Yeah. Well, uh, with the invention of uh, social media and uh, live streaming and stuff like that, there's a lot of websites out there that allow independent artists such as yourself to reach out a lot farther than uh, what it used to be. Like I told you about my friend who uh, he would play his original song and people would run up to him. This is back in the early 90s, uh, run up to him and say, hey, I love that song. How do I get it? And their only option is, you know, come and see us again and hold up a tape recorder. That's that's the only way you're going to get a copy of this song at this point because they didn't have money for a recording studio or uh, to get make get copies of the single or anything like that. But now after, like, say you played a show and somebody said, I really like your original stuff, where can I find it? You can actually point them to the Internet and uh, say you can get a good copy of it right on Spotify or SoundCloud or whatever. That, that's got to help you out a lot. Yeah, the great thing about the new age music industry is that you don't have to have a label or, I don't know, a manager. You can all, you can do that things, those things all by, your, by yourself. I, I mean, like the marketing and... Uh, producing and stuff and you just uh, upload it over a distributor on Spotify on all platforms and uh, as more you just promote yourself you know the more audience audience you get and before you had I don't know pay this person to do that job pay this person to do that job you know it's I think that it it has its pros and cons definitely yeah, yeah. oh uh you were mentioning uh, earlier that uh youtube uh isn't as powerful a tool as it used to be but it's coming back um did you ever use youtube to promote yourself at all yeah i, I have my youtube channel as long as uh, i make music and i uploaded it since ever on my youtube but i i, I think that now sites like Spotify and uh, Apple Music and this kind of stuff is much more, has a much more impact uh, on the people who are listening to music than YouTube, you know, uh, when when Google bought YouTube, it, it, it was just about, all about music. And now I think it's it's not that, that strong as, it used to be, uh, and but but it's a great tool to upload your music videos and stuff like that. But Spotify is, I think, it's a new great thing. I mean, it, it exists like for a long time now, but I don't know. I, I I didn't see people use it as much as today or the last two years. Sure. Back to the COVID nineteen thing. Now you mentioned. Well, this is this is pretty much just a uh, helpful. Something helpful for my fans, uh, some people who may be afflicted with COVID-19. When you caught COVID, you actually yeah. took that opportunity to work on your creative juices and uh, start writing again uh, because you had two weeks basically to get better. Uh, but you didn't sit, or lay on the couch. You weren't depressed. You didn't binge watch uh, you know, TV for uh, hours on end. 
you actually took that opportunity to uh, write some music and uh, uh, get something uh, get something done. Uh, can you tell us? Uh, can you tell us how you did that? Because there, I'm sure a lot of my fans out there are sitting there. Go, you know, you know, sitting on their couch, going, "Oh God, I got COVID. What do I do? I'm not making money. Uh, I can't go to work." You know, tell tell us about your experience. Yeah, uh, I I catched it on. I, I mean, I I realized that I was feeling sick as I came to my morning shift, and uh, I had fever, and I go back, went back home. And uh, the first day I had high fever and a strong headache. The headache lasted for like three hours. But after that, I just felt weak. But I felt great that I could uh, dedicate the time to practice my guitar and to think of new new ways to market my music. And I, I, I worked on my music every day for the two weeks and uh, I, I for me it was a great experience i know that some people some people it affects them worse than the others but in my case it, it was just a break for from from that from all that exhausting work and going back to my practice and surrounding myself by music and uh, new new knowledge and experience you know did you uh happen to come up with anything uh like you said you had a lot of time you weren't thinking about work and uh, uh did you all of a sudden uh your creative juices just really started going yeah that's right i didn't feel like that uh yeah a long time uh, I, I I came up with an idea to maybe make a one may one man band grunge project, and I recorded some riffs on my phone. And I, I would say that they are solid. They have they have a form. You know, it's not it's not as that random as it would be uh, in that time when I worked and came home and was tired and i don't know it 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 was i know i mean it it was great you know my my mind was focused and i i kind of meditated in my head while playing and uh, just uh, made up my mind over some decisions in life that uh, may may affect my life to get better you know mm-hmm. That's really great that you actually used that opportunity to better your your art because like I said some people just go fall into a hole and you know wonder am I going to make it out of this should I be doing anything and you know just getting depressed and that that happens all the time but I am really impressed and I admire you for taking taking the opportunity well I'm sitting here uh I might as well work on what I love so uh the you know i really admire you for that thank you thank you i respect that yeah you know i'm usually find myself depressed when i work until late hours 
And, you know, I just wake up the other day at 1 p.m. and go back to work at 4 p.m. And the cycle just goes on and goes on. And, you know, it's just, it's messed up. It's a, I, I, it, it makes me feel good just to know that I, you know, have money for the basic things like food and rent and that's all. But, you know, I, I really didn't felt such relief when I had COVID. Right. You know. Okay. So uh, back to when you're playing clubs for some of my listeners who may own a club or are looking to start uh, bringing in live music into their bars. Uh, what do you uh, What do you look for when you look at a venue? Well, the look the looks of the venue doesn't concern me as much as some of the rules some owners make up or they practice those rules. Like I don't know, no crowd diving crowd surfing and no uh, i don't know no jumping around some of the th- some of these things but w- we were not as concerned concerned with these things like usually people would be so i don't know the last gig i did with my last band before i went to zagreb the singer who played bass, bass he just smashed the bass on the wooden stage because he, he he didn't care for the rules, you know. I, I mean... Very Pete the, Townsend, the, uh, the who type well, of motion. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know. I mean, so, some rules are okay, but uh, I think uh, that they are pretty much overdoing it in some cases. Um, do you develop a, any kind of, uh, rapport or do you become friends with the places that do let you play so that you can come back and play eventually? Yeah, sure. Uh, especially in, in Rijeka, I played in almost every place there, which is playable and, uh, in some places few times. So you, you get to know the owner and, uh, he he remembers you so he knows if you are worth to come back and make another gig maybe with your other project so yeah sure sure that that's a thing here in zagreb i had the opportunity only to gig like three places for now and just know maybe uh I know this one girl that uh, is in charge of one squad, kind of charge for gigging and stuff. So I, I only have that contact. The other clubs are like, I just, there was a free stage and we just went up and played our set. So they're always free. It's not that, uh, it, it isn't that much in terms of relationship. And with the third place, yeah, I have the opportunity to make a relationship, but as the situation is now, I don't have to, you know, but I think there is room for me. And I'm pretty excited for uh, doing a research about more places because 
is the biggest city in Croatia, and uh, if if stuff if stuff isn't happening here, I don't know where does it happen in this country. Oh, it's it's not just there. So, you know, stuff isn't happening here uh, in America yeah. either. I mean, uh, we talked about it that Metallica did that uh, live acoustic slash. Uh, con- well, it was kind of half acoustic, half uh, metal uh, the... show for to uh, promote their All Within My Hands fun- uh, fundraiser. And they they were sitting there, you know, live streaming to the world be- just because they can't go anywhere and play anywhere right now. And yeah. uh, so, you know, just getting the opportunity to play would be great, I'm sure, for a lot of musicians. Uh, have you ever, uh, thought about doing that yourself? Well, the live stream. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Uh, I never did a show with uh, my set list, just some random streams, but I'm definitely looking forward to do a show as I release my EP, uh, uh, a few streams maybe with the set list of, 20 minutes long uh, and we will see how it will uh, how it will look like because uh, there is um, there is much of thinking involved in terms like equipment and how do I connect the mixer and the camera and you know so it, it it's it's harder to to you know, it's it's hard to connect with the audience, right? Either way, because you, the sound must be right, and you 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 can't uh, transcend as much the feeling as it should be. And I don't know. We will see how how it will end up, but I'm kind of excited because I never did that, because live streams are now a serious thing, you know, because of the cancellation of the gigs. But yeah. That's all I have to say because I don't know. I just hope that this period will be over soon and that we all will be free and stuff. I have to agree with you because uh, there's it's completely different feeling when you're playing live in front of a bunch of people and then live streaming because you're not receiving the energy from the audience. You're just kind of just playing. It's almost like a rehearsal. And right. so... so Doing a live stream is, uh, you know, might be a good way to get it out there, but it's not the same, is it? It's not the same at all because you can't inter- interact with the audience. I, when, when you play live, live in front of people, that there is energy. You, I don't know. You, you, you see the happy people jumping around, and they give you this energy back, and you're just happy as well. Uh, but at a digital live stream, it's it's emotionless. Like mm. you you just see this tiny screen and some messages popping out, and even if you want to respond, you can because you're playing and you you don't know what's happening. And when you see yeah, you know, when you see at a live concert someone I don't know smiling at you and waving, you can wave back, you know, and like this. That it it it's pretty much colder. Yeah, uh, and probably kind of embarrassing too that you have to 
in order to see what people are saying about you, you have to run up real close to your phone and your, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or whatever. Yeah, video it's, you're it's using. weird. <laughs> so you talked about your EP. Uh, tell us about your EP resume. Yeah, the EP consists of six songs. Uh, it was a long pro- process because it was delayed many times because of the work, the day job, and some things in life. But after two years, years I managed to pick up some, to pick out some songs, and bring them together to sound like a whole thing. And yeah, it's hardly influenced by lo-fi hip hop and indie rock. You know, I, I just uh, tried to merge those styles, and I can say that I don't know that there are two or three songs that are heavily resembling that sound and other are just more indie rock or whatever but i had only i had a, a slight of influence of midwest emo on it and you know uh, i recorded all in my bedroom produced it mixed on some uh, cheap equipment like uh, $50 uh, speakers and $50 headset, some cheap Sony headset, but I'm, uh, I'm happy with the result. I think it sounds okay. I, it, it, it was mastered though by, uh, by a guy from Brazil. We, we connected over Instagram and he, he started this, uh, his studio with services and he offered me that he can make it for free, which was great. We connected and he actually made a great job. It sounds wider and punchier. So shout out to him. (laughs) That's nice. Mm -hmm. And you know, the cover photo is taken by myself also in Rijeka on the main road through the town and uh, yeah i i tried to keep his, it, it as minimalistic as i could so uh, yeah there there i i planned it i planned uh i planned to involve much more songs on it but uh, the time was running out and i usually don't rush things but this I mean, this was a two-year period, and I said, okay, that's enough. So I, I, I will release that and move on to another project, uh, another thing, I don't know. Oh. So yeah, I, I recorded also a music video by a friend who studies video, and I hope he will finish it as soon, but without no rushing, of course, so I can put it on my YouTube and may people may like it. I don't know. Um, well, I've listened to your album, uh, your EP and, uh, you should actually be very proud of yourself because it does sound great. Uh, thanks. Uh, it was well produced and, uh, being, uh, being a independent artist, you really, you, well, you set your own timetables. You can, you can pretty much release stuff whenever you want. I've seen some artists on Bandcamp release like a song a month or something yeah. like that. But uh, the stuff that you put together for your EP resume, 
is very good. Uh, which singer are we going to be playing for the uh, featuring on the show? Uh, we can play Blueberry because I will. Uh, I can call out that song a single, so to say, because it's it's really radio friendly and actually there's a song uh, with a music video and uh, I don't know it's a really a soft song uh, I I am happy with my vocals I usually don't like to hear myself singing but I I, <laughs> yeah. I can <laughs> <the> relate <classic. laughs> yeah but I enjoy singing and uh, I did there a kind of jungle break but it's a little bit slower it's like uh, 145 BPMs. Jungle starts at 100, 160. And yeah, I, I think that there is much said in a song uh, of two minutes length. So we can play that song okay. if you want. So everybody, here from his album resume, here is Armin Basha with his single Blueberry. The ghosts of the day Shadows at night, the light of the sun, staring at me so bright, the fields are so blue, at the top of every mountain, and I see you. So let's say people want to find you, uh, find out more about you, find uh, find your music. Where do they go? Uh, do you have a social media presence or? Yeah, they, they can they can find pretty much everything on my Instagram. I have in my bio a link to my link tree. Uh, it consists of all of the links to my social media, like uh, Spotify, YouTube, uh, Twitter, SoundCloud. So they can choose whatever they like. But uh, firstly, you can follow me and find me on Spotify. I'm new to Spotify, so 
uh, I could use some support. That would be nice. <laughs> uh, they can download my music from Bandcamp as well that for support and uh, YouTube. YouTube definitely. I I, I have their uh, everything, everything of music, uh, and I will soon upload it to Spotify as the time goes on. Uh, I have many. I don't know from indie rock to electronic projects. I I, I did one EP where I blended uh, experimental rock with jungle music, breakcore. Also, it's called Stereo Network. You can check it out and. Basically, my link tree that you have all the links there. Sounds great. Well, um, thank you so much for reaching out to me, and thank you so much for taking taking the time for being on the show. Uh, even though we've got a seven hour time difference, we were able to yeah. still make it work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, there is what one p.m. at at you. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's uh, almost two o'clock right now, but nice. uh, <laughs> but uh, that's. That's only because we had to start over. Uh, so, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I really appreciate. Uh, I really appreciate your uh, uh, your patience in and re-recording this with me. So, <laughs> anytime, man. Thank you, Anthony, for having me here. Um, I'm happy to uh, that we did that podcast. All right, people. So it is last call. Last call for alcohol for Hey Bartender podcast. Yeah, hope you enjoyed the show. Special thanks to Armin Basha for taking the time to contact me and do two takes, repeat, two takes of this show uh, and, you know, in having incredible patience and, you know, it, that was just awesome, uh, awesome of the guy because uh, that really looks bad, you know, when you have to do two takes of a full show. And so, you know, go out and check out his album resume. It's available on Spotify, Bandcamp, Apple Music. Uh, Check out his YouTube channel. He's got a lot of great stuff out there. And I actually really did mean it that I admire the guy for taking uh, COVID-19 and turning it into an opportunity to release his creative juices. I just admire that so much. So uh, go check out his music uh, and tell your friends about him because yeah, uh, the guy put a lot of hard work into that stuff, and especially when he's uh, living with COVID-19 for a couple weeks. Uh, also, special thanks to the tipsy bartender. I keep stealing dr- your drinks from your website, but hey, come on, I promote you too, So as if you need it because you've got a lot more followers than I do. Remember, people, if you want to contact me for any rhyme or reason whatsoever, all you have to do is email me, dude at heybartenderpodcast.com, or you can reach me on both social medias, Facebook and Instagram at Hey Bartender Podcast. I'd love to hear some of your stories. I'd love to hear about some original drinks that you've come up with. If you want to be on the show, all you have to do is ask. Uh, if you're an independent music group and you want some of your music to be put out there, I can help. I love playing independent music on my podcast because to me, music and uh, the bar scene go hand in hand. You cannot have one without the other and everybody be comfortable. It's just the way I think. Remember to check out Hey Bartender Podcast, brand new episodes every Saturday and Wednesday around 7 p.m. This episode came out kind of late. I apologize for that, but it still came out. Uh, so I got that going for me, you know, which is, which is nice. And don't forget to visit www.heybartenderpodcast.com 
where you can go check out some of Hey Bartender Podcast swag and you know pick yourself up a t-shirt help fund hey bartender podcast help me keep this show going help me keep this show fresh and maybe even build into something bigger and better because i love doing this guys i swear this is totally awesome doing podcasts i've got to talk to so many cool people in the last year uh or the last couple people couple years actually and it's just fun i'm having a great time doing this um also Tell your friends, tell your uh, family, tell, you know, share, like, and subscribe. Hey, Bar- bartender podcast. I've got one week left to reach my goal of uh, 10,000 listeners or 10,000 downloads for Hey, bartender podcast. And all I need is another uh, 275 people. And, you know, can we uh, help Hey, bartender podcast reach those 275 listeners by uh, the end of the night? Uh, New Year's Eve, December 31st. I would, that would blow my mind. That would be just totally awesome if you guys could help me out with that. But until next time, ladies and gentlemen, I just have to say, like every episode I do, I wish you all lots of love, lots of sex, lots of happiness, and don't take any shit from anyone. Good night. What do you mean it's let's go? I just got. <laughs>